Hello and good day, San Jose, and welcome to the Stick Hungry Podcast, your home of the San Jose Sharks on the Hockey Podcast Network. My name is Dylan Kayser, and I'm joined by my two co-hosts. We'll actually be have three now, but we'll, we'll get into that later. I'm joined by producer T in studio. Pro- producer T, how you doing? I'm doing good, man. I'm yeah. just living the just living, living the dream. dream. <laughs> great, great response. Uh, but this is a big one, actually. We have Nick Floor joining us as well, and Nick is going to be a regular contributor to the Stick Hungry podcast, uh, moving forward with his own segment. But today. He's going to jump on as a full-time co-host of this episode. Nick, how the hell are you, bud? We're doing great. Uh, it's a good, beautiful day up here in Northern California, Sunday afternoon. we got a lot of a lot of good stuff to talk about today for you guys. I'm excited. Well, we're, we're going to start off with this problem. We always have this problem with the American uh, guests or hosts. What what temperature is it over there? Because right now it's like, what, 14 degrees yeah. Celsius here? What is it over in the... So- you're gonna have to forgive me. I don't know the conversion, but it, it's a beautiful 93 well, that, degrees that Fahrenheit. You joining the podcast? Yeah, right? I thought you already knew that. Come on now. <laughs> it's a beautiful 93 degrees Fahrenheit here in Sacramento, California. There you go. That's that's not too bad. Yeah, no. I don't know what that would be in Celsius. That's yeah. that's actually 32 degrees Celsius. Oh, what? And jumping into the stream is producer Pigeon wearing the pigeon hat. I see. How you doing, buddy? Pretty good. Just saving your guys' asses right off the bat. There you go. That's that's why you're here. That's why you're here. I love it. Uh, but yeah, Nick, super pumped to have you uh, as part of the podcast. I mean, you were you were one of our earliest fans. You and you and uh, Solomon oh, Strader were like the two diehards from the start. And uh, you know, you've been on the podcast a few times. Mm-hmm. We noticed we had pretty good chemistry. I mean, you're rocking the stick hunger shirt. I'm not even doing that. Producer T isn't doing that. Right. So it uh, it just seemed natural to bring you on, man. Yeah, I got to represent, you know, when you come into contact with a bunch of guys who are within your age range that really love to talk about hockey and San Jose in, in particular, um, it, it was a rare opportunity for me. I feel like I had to take advantage of it, no doubt. I mean, you wouldn't know by looking, but producer T is actually 42 years old, so not quite <laughs> in our same age range. You've aged like wine, T. You, you really <laughs> have. Producer T is not. Uh, not <laughs> <years old>. um, <laughs> let's uh, let's get right into the show. Actually, you know what? Before that, let's give a quick shout out to our Twitter handles. You can follow myself on Twitter at dyl underscore thpn. You can follow the show at Stick Hungry Pod. Producer T, you can follow myself at producer underscore T-E-E. And Nick. And I'm at Nick Floor underscore. That is spelled F-L-O-H-R. Yeah, you know what, Nick? I still I still think we need to add the 94 at the end. It just it just flowed so well. Yeah, but Nick Floor underscore it technically rhymes. Yeah, it kind of does. It kind of does. I don't, I don't want the boomers to get mad at me when they find out that a kid who was born in '94 has been doing the podcast for their favorite hockey team. So, well, I mean, I'm a '93. So see, there we go. See, I told you. It's yeah. He's a producer. T is a '96. So wow, uh, the young kid. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. I get an extra ten years added on because I'm a father. So <laughs> yeah, you know that's... what? Fair enough. Fair enough. <laughs> Uh, producer Pigeon, actually, I'm going to ask you this. Do you think Nick Flourish at 94 at the end of his Twitter handle? Um, well, one quick question. Okay. Nick, did you ever play hockey growing up? I did not, unfortunately. Okay. It's too you, expensive. He lives okay. in Cali, bro. No, just to, uh, yeah, this is not enough ice. In any other sports, would you have chosen 94 oh, if you had the choice? No, because in, in baseball, one, okay, 94 is reserved for linemen in, in football. And in baseball, I was always number nine. Because I, mean, I have a long Close story enough. about 94 that. 94 is good. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. I don't know. I, I still think 94 is the way to go. Yeah. I mean, really? I get the underscore, but yes. uh, but if you're going sports talk here, 94. There you go. Wouldn't be a bad idea. I, I'll, sure, I'll look into it. I, I'm sure this won't be the last conversation about Nick Flores. <laughs> expect uh, expect like a shirt coming your way. Yeah. 100%. 100%. Uh, all right. Th- thank you, Producer Pigeon, for that. That was, uh, that was great. Great insight. Great insight. <laughs> Uh, you know what? Let's talk a little bit about the the finals now before we get into some Sharks talk. Tampa Bay is up 3-2. I know you guys watched that game last night. Do you think Dallas has it in them to come back? I mean, the rat, the rat Corey Perry with the game-winning goal, That's that's got a sting for the Tampa Bay Lightning. Yeah, I, I think that Dallas has every pot, like every capability of winning the Stanley Cup finals. When you go through teams like Colorado and Vegas, 
it, it's not a fluke. They need to get back to what won them those series. They need to get back to to winning and playing solid defense in front of Hudobin. It's it, from what I saw, they they're letting Tampa Bay force them into this like shootout essentially. And you don't want to get into that with a team like Tampa Bay, where they have the offensive firepower throughout the lineup with the depth, as well as from their defenseman like Victor Hedman. You don't want to get into a shootout with a team like that. You need to button it down defensively and find ways to get them uncomfortable and get under their skin. And who else better to do that than the rat himself, Corey Perry. Yeah, no, absolutely. And I mean, honestly, going into overtime, I thought Tampa was playing better. Like you said, they were exchanging chances, but Tampa, you know, they were just getting shots on net. And at the end of the day, that's, that's how you should win. They didn't win that game. Uh, but you know what? I like Dallas's grit. They, they really don't give up at three, one, mm you know, it might be easy for them to lay over and kind of just take it, but they battled back. And uh, you know what? They've made this a really interesting series. Yeah, they've definitely shown that they're a, like, they're a gritty team. Like they're, they definitely have the stamina. They've shown it in, in other series, but I, I honestly mm-hmm. think that Tampa will take it. I thought they were going to win it last night. I think Dallas got kind of lucky and that, you know, some of those pucks didn't make it through. Um, I, I, I see Tampa taking it in the next game, but Dallas has done, you know, they've at least taken the fight to it and, and put on a good series as well. Who did you pick at the start of the series, Dallas or Tampa? Tampa. Tampa. Yeah. Nick, what, who did you pick? So my brain says Tampa, but my heart, my heart says Dallas. <laughs> I want Pavs to get his cup, fair, you know, but you know fair enough. Yeah, it's I mean, you could see on the ice the two free agent acquisitions that Dallas got this last offseason in Corey Perry and Joe Pavelski have paid dividends this offseason or, or sorry, not this offseason, but this playoffs. Uh, yeah. it, it's it's crazy. They need guys to step it up throughout the lineup. They And it's not just the fourth line, guys. It, for me, it seemed like, yes, Jamie Ben's out there and he's throwing the body around, but. We need to see him a little bit more on the stat sheet if, if you're talking from Dallas's perspective, as well as Tyler Sagan. Like, we just want to see the big name guys enforce their will on, on the opponents. And it, it doesn't seem as though that's happening right now. It happened in the first game when they were able to kind of limit Tampa's offense, but Tampa made the adjustment. Now it's time for Dallas to make theirs. Man, Tyler Sagan, is, I don't know why. I, I just feel like he's been a ghost these playoffs, especially in the finals. He is. He's really done nothing for the Dallas Stars. And I think if he picks it up, that might give Dallas the edge to kind of take this series. But uh, I don't know. I, I've just been expecting more uh, from Tyler Sagan. Let's let's move on to something here quickly. Early Conn Smythe candidates. Who would you <sighs> hand the Conn Smythe to right now? Say say the series ended last night. Who would you give the Conn Smythe to? Braden Point. Braden Point? Okay. Yeah. Okay. Uh, that was exactly who I was going to say, too. You know, that's that's sure. a fair choice. I'm going to go Victor Hedman. Uh, yeah. You know, I feel like Victor Hedman's really dominated this series. Uh, Producer Pigeon is uh, <laughs> giving me the thumbs up here in the studio. Oh, it looks like he's picking up the mic. He's got something to say. Let's let's throw him in. No, I, I just want to say that I think Victor Hedman is constantly, like, the, the greatest, outside of even defender, greatest player in the NHL to be overlooked for everything, for yeah. every award, yeah. for every recognition, and for his yeah. time. No, I, I agree with that. And he's been severely underpaid right now as well. I think he's only making 7. like 7.8. 7.8. And he's locked up for another four or five years. Oh, what a bargain. So that's that's one of the best bargains in the league next to Looks uh, at Nathan Eric Carlson. Oh, yeah. yeah, yeah. <laughs> oh, God. What, one last thing uh, I just want to comment on quick, boys, is you see uh, Pavelski, how humble he was after, you know, getting up there with the greats in, in goal scoring uh, for the, the Americans. I, I believe he passed it, nor he tied it the other night. If, who was saying. it? Joey Mullen. He passed. Yeah. Yeah. And but just and obviously that's an unbelievable achievement. And Pavs goes a long way with you guys in San Jose here. But I loved how not even humble, how just like dismissive he was of it. Like he can keep it. I think is what. Yeah, what that's the, exactly what the answer what he said. was. Yeah. We have a yeah. job to do and win. And I love that. This guy's such a gamer. Captain America, Captain America, we uh, we miss him, and I know Nick misses him because I could see a Pavelski jersey in his background. Right yeah, now. we're not gonna, we're not gonna. I don't want to start crying, but um, <laughs> that's the man I'm rooting for this entire playoffs. I mean, from from the get go, even when he signed with Dallas Stars, I asked my wife, I said, would it be cringe if he won the Stanley Cup with the Stars if I bought a Joe Pavelski Stanley Cup jersey? Just because, I mean, the the prowess and what he shows as a player both on and off the ice, like like producer Pigeon said, like, just keep your awards, dude. I'm trying to get my name on that cup. Like, that's what they paid me to do. That's what I'm trying to do, guys. So I just, I love it. I love it from every aspect, from a spectator and from just a fan. And he's been playing well in the finals. He might not be the same Pavelski he was two, three years ago, putting up 40 goals, but 
I don't know. He he's had an impact so far, and I think he's played pretty well. Uh, I I don't know. I, whenever I look over at producer Pigeon, he's kind of holding his mic. Is sometimes it's going up. I don't know if he has something to say. Producer Pigeon, no, you got nothing to say. All right, Let, let's move on to some San Jose Sharks talk here. Um, I want to get your guys' thoughts on this. The San Jose Sharks are apparently interested in signing Darcy Kemper, and I think I think this would be a good move for the San Jose Sharks, honestly, because. You know, looking at the goaltending, we need to fix something. Getting rid of Martin Jones might not be an option for this team. So we're going to have to, you know, find a goaltender that can kind of split the games with Martin Jones. And honestly, I think Darcy Kemper is the best option for that. Uh, Nick, what, what do you think about these rumors? I love Darcy. I mean, seeing what they do, what he does. Yeah, I mean, I'm a big hockey fan, so I guess that's just the way it goes. Um, I love Darcy Kemper's swag. I love how he is as a player. Um, I think he would be a great compliment in the Bob Bugner defensively oriented system. I mean, I don't know the, the exact advanced stats, but I think the high danger percentage chance was almost cut in half when uh, Bugner took over for Peter DeBoer. Hmm. So I figure if you give someone like Kemper or if you give Martin Jones per se, someone who's going to battle him for that starting job, like no doubt going to battle him for that starting job, not Aaron Dell, like no, no disrespect to Dell's, you know, athleticism, but if you give him someone like Darcy Kemper, maybe you get to fire like that fire under him to, to get him to perform to his, to his ceiling, as opposed to just playing at his floor per se. So I love the, the idea of bringing Darcy Kemper on my only concern with it would be um, in the expansion draft. I believe you can only protect one goalie. Yeah. So if you're well, there, forced there is to... an option where you can protect two, I believe, but then you'll leave another forward exposed. Yeah. If, if that's in the books, if Kemper's on the table and you have both of them, then you have to find a way to protect both of them. If you can't protect yeah. both of them, then you need to find a way to get rid of Jones at the end of this coming season, get him to waive his no trade clause um, and see if you can find a buyer for him, including 2021's first round pick. Cause there's no way you're going to offload him onto a team if he has a sub 900 save percentage, if you don't include something like a first or second round pick with it. Uh, to your earlier point, I think, you know, Martin Jones could have a resurgence here. If he's put in a position where he only has to play between 30 and 50 games, you know, maybe yes. he just couldn't handle the load before, you know, Aaron Dell, like we said, great guy played pretty well when he stepped in, but he's a backup goaltender at the end of the day. Mm -hmm. I mean, I, I don't think he's going to sign anywhere and, and play more than 20, 30 games. But if Martin Jones comes in knowing he has another good goaltender next to him, I don't know. He might have a shot at coming back this season. Producer T, I know you just hate the guy's guts. Uh, what do you think about that? <laughs> <laughs> no, I mean, it doesn't look like we're going to get rid of him. And I honestly think that the league uh, in general, not just the Sharks, it's going more towards uh, a system where you do have two goalies, you know, splitting the load a bit more. We're seeing it. You know, we saw it in this playoffs with uh, Leonard and Fleury. They kind of been splitting the load a bit. You know, they, they're not as afraid to switch it up. And when you have a good, like a better goalie in the backup there, it, it, it keeps the intensity up, right? You know, you're not afraid to make those changes. You're not keeping him in just because of how much money he's making. Or, you know, I think it's it's going to be uh, the future of the league. I think it's going to have to happen in the, for, for the Sharks just to get any kind of um, resurgence from Jones and, and from the, the DN. But yeah, no, I think that Kemper would be a, a great pickup for that. And there's rumors going around that the Sharks are not going to buy out Martin Jones. Yeah, a lot of people I were talking that. about you, that going into the offseason. But, I mean, he, he has so much term left. Like, that would just – it makes more sense to keep him. Or if you can, offload him, maybe give up a draft pick, maybe a prospect to get rid of that contract. But, but just simply buying him out, it wouldn't really work for this team. I think the number says – and don't quote me on this. I think it's just north of $2.5 million cap hit oh. this year if they buy out the contract. So what's the point? You're, you're paying for half of his cap hit just to not have him. It doesn't make any feasible sense as far as a uh, cap crunching goes, especially with the sharks being in the situation that they're in now where they have, I think four forwards that are hitting free agency. One of or two of them being RFAs, two of them being UFAs and having $14 million in cap space to then try to do a retool with this team. It just doesn't make sense to buy out that contract. No, I agree. And that's why I think I'd rather give up an asset. If it's not too big of an asset, give up one to get rid of that contract rather than having that salary hang over your head for another four seasons. Cause uh, that's, I don't know. That's, that's a tough one. Um, let's get into the coaching staff of the San Jose Sharks. 
uh, when was it? Was it last week, early last week? Uh, yes. Doug Wilson announced that yeah. Bob Bugner is now the official head coach of the San Jose Sharks, ninth in team history. Uh, behind him will be Rocky Thompson, John Madden, who John Madden's a beauty. Um, great NFL be, head coach, by the way. Great, <laughs> great at all sports. Uh, and Evgeny <laughs> Nabokov, obviously the uh, goaltender coach. I mean, he was uh, last season and previously, but you know, doesn't look like a bad coaching staff. We didn't really get to see what Bob Bugner was made of. He got put in a really bad position coming into the Sharks team. You know, from the get-go this last season, it felt like there was just no fire there for the team. And when he came in, I think it was more than gone. I mean, at that point, I think everybody gave up. So, I don't know. I'm, I'm kind of happy to see him get another shot here. I believe it was a three-year contract, so we'll see if he can ride out that deal. Uh, yes. But, Nick, what, what are your thoughts on Bob Bugner? Do you like him as a head coach? I think Bob Bugner has not been dealt a full hand in his head coaching gigs. So you're talking about him going over. I mean, if you rewind the clock a little bit, he goes over to Florida, I believe after Gallant leaves and basically Vegas takes two of his top forwards and Riley Smith and Jonathan Marsh. So, and then he's left to deal with what he was left with. So he loses the gig over there. And I think the key thing to remember is when he was let go, Logan Couture publicly tweeted out to bring him back to San Jose. So that just speaks volumes of what the San Jose Sharks' captain, current captain, former assistant captain, believes about Bob, New uh, Bob Bugner and believes about his system. I think uh, Brent Burns also had his most productive year when Bugner was the assistant under DeBoer, you know, posting the most points. And I think he actually won the Norris that year. Um, I feel like given the situation where, yeah, there's like a lobby of lead out there for the Sharks you could go after, but the, the players you have right now already understand the system. They, they've been in the system. Sure, it was a bunch of lost games, and sure, every player kind of went their own way and did their own thing after the, the colossal meltdown in November. But I feel like when you keep Bob Bugner and you put him on that three-year deal, you announce to the league, hey, this is a retool. We're not doing a rebuild. This is a full-scale. This is a retool, and we're not just going to give up. So I feel like personally Bob Bugner – it was the smart decision, per se, for Doug Wilson. It, it was the least, um, what's the word I'm looking for? It was the least splashy, I guess, or, or like uh, controversial. It was just sticking with what he knew could work. So he's given him that second wind to, uh, to be a, a great head coach. And uh, also, I should mention that uh, Man Rocket, Mike Ricci, is also sticking around as yes. the uh, <laughs> development coach. Uh, yes. Producer Pigeon is uh, motioning to me with his beak that he wants to talk. Go ahead, Producer Pigeon. <laughs> his nose is that big. Um, no, I, uh, <laughs> I just have a quick question for you guys, because obviously Evgeny Nabokov, um, an absolute beauty for, for San Jose fans. One of the, in my opinion, the probably the best goaltender to ever, to ever play for that franchise. One of the, you know, one of the better rushing goaltenders, too, in that era. I just have a question for all you guys. Uh, Nabokov never got a, a Stanley Cup. Yet uh, Evgeny Habibulin is the only Russian goaltender actually in the league to have ever won a Stanley Cup, if I'm not mistaken. But who do you, who would you think was better? Because they had both a similar type of career. They kind of both exited the league at the same time. Um, if you look at kind of their league-wide numbers, though, uh, Nabokov actually leads in save percentage. Are, wasn't it was it Evgeny? Happy Bullen. I thought it was Nikolai. Sorry, Habibu. sorry, Nikolai. Habibu. All right, I was like, all right. <laughs> I just want to make sure we're talking about the same goalies. Getting getting the Russian names mixed up. But, well, Happy uh, Bullen and Nabokov, because both kind of were have, similar in my in my opinion. They're similar. I feel like Happy Bullen played for better teams, and I think that's, at the end of the day, weird. that helped him out. Yeah. I mean, I I think Nabokov was a great goaltender for the Sharks. Is he an All Star goaltender? I don't know. That's that's debatable. Um, at, at points in his career, I, I would say probably was. Yeah, for a few seasons, you could you could probably make that argument because you could say the same thing for Habi Bulin. You know, he helped the Tampa Bay win the Stanley Cup. One right? thing also with Habi Bulin is he has that great nickname, the Bulin Wall. So I, yeah. Yeah, I mean, you can't beat that. You can't. Beat yeah, Nabby. Uh... <laughs> <laughs> yeah, the, yeah, I don't know. But uh, no, I was just curious because I was looking up their stats here and I was like, damn, like they played a similar length career. They have similar numbers, you know, both Russian teams in, you know, sunny markets. Just And they're yeah. both named Evgeny. It works out perfectly. Yeah, uh, according to him. Out, <laughs> <laughs> I, no, I think um, I think uh, Dylan hit the nail on the head. I feel like you, it's like six one way, half a dozen the other. You can almost put them right up next to each other and just be like, they're the same person. But Hubby Bullen played for better teams. So 
Russian. They're basically they're they're, they're basically the same guy. <laughs> no, it's uh, I think Hobby Bullen played for better teams. Uh, it seemed like Navi never had that that star caliber team in front of him to complement his style, even though he was a phenomenal goaltender. So it, it's it's tough to say which one is better. Uh, Shane Van Ice popping into the stream. So now we know that the stream is working. Because Shane Van Ice. <laughs> Wonderful. Actually, you know what, Shane? I, I don't know if you guys have seen this, uh, I guess, documentary, uh, The Social Dilemma. Have you yeah, guys seen I that? that? I watched that. No, well, I only bring it up because uh, Shane Van Ice was actually commenting about about that movie the other day. I don't, what did you think about it? I thought it was kind of freaky, to be I honest with you. I thought it was kind of scary, man. It was, it was interesting. but What is this called? The social dilemma. So basically, it's just what, what, I don't know what producer Pigeon is laughing about over there. Uh, but ba- <laughs> basically, it's just a documentary about how you know Facebook, Twitter, and Instagram how they're competing uh, for screen time and Your they're data, like basically. manipulating people into using their phones more. And the more I watched the movie or the documentary, I was thinking to myself, you know what? I've fallen into all of these holes. Hundred percent. Everything they said, I was like, like wow, I, I am I such an that. easy prime target for yeah. these companies. The human brain and how chemistry works inside of it is a weird and, and oh, God, look at the name. Oh, no. <laughs> Sorry. Sorry, I was taken off track there for a second. But the uh, the chemical reaction in the human brain when you receive a like is like on Twitter or Facebook. It, it's definitely the science is there to back that sort of information up. It's just scary to be put in front of you. It's it's freaky. Uh, yeah, producer Pigeon, I, I got to ask you, uh, we got to. We have a private chat going on uh, in the stream, and you just sent me a message, and I have no idea yeah. like what what this is from. I don't know what. Was it all with you? Okay. okay. So, <laughs> so, all, all, I mean, the message I get from producer Pigeon mid show, you know, I'm trying to run a clean ship I, I'm here. I'm trying not to laugh. I'm sorry. Dragon dildo experiment. Dot dot dot. <laughs> I'm just being producer T is in here going. Literally, I don't know, man. Never. I remember because. Uh, you know, my podcast app, whenever I talk about anything within two minutes, I get an ad for whatever I'm talking about, right? Well, no, but that's the thing. So I wanted to put this to the test. I'm like, is, are all these apps, is Google like really listening to me to the extent that everyone thinks, you know, that's a big premise of that documentary. So like, I, I thought it was with you. It must've been with a different buddy of mine. We just started like thinking of the most randomness and some some horrendous shit to talk about um no judgment here different strokes different folks but if you look up dragon dildos that does not look like a fun experience so we started just talking about them for like 30 seconds two minutes later i had ads for the most gnarliest looking dragon dildos i've ever seen hit up on my podcast app so that that's why i was laughing because when you guys mentioned it, i was just i, I that was like a last year me and my buddy were testing out our podcast app because it's this one's really listening to what we have to say i guarantee if I turn on t- turn it on after uh, this this hit here, I'll see another couple ads. I, I guarantee we lost uh, we lost some viewers. <laughs> this is a family friendly environment. Only one. <laughs> only one. Well, you know what? Do you guys get ads from Wish.com? Oh, <laughs> yeah. Man, some of those are the weird. You know, Dude. sometimes the ads will be like a little baggy yeah. with like white powder in it. I'm Dude, like, are you that, trying to sell me like time. literally? Cocaine. Wish is trying to sell people cocaine and like 100%. other just weird stuff. I'm, I'm looking at it. I'm like. Okay, there's no way they looked at my search history and thought, you know what, this guy wants a little bit. Do you remember, do you remember there was like one, it was like a custom toilet seat. And it was like, what the hell am I going to do with a custom toilet seat? And how the hell do you even think that I want that? Yeah, Wish is, uh, it's a hell of a place. Hell of a place. It's a beautiful place. <laughs> yeah, so. Uh, Wait, wish has come true. <laughs> and go to die. That's, your, that's and, your next like, sponsor for the hockey pod. Wish has come true. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> All right. Well, uh, <laughs> back, on. Sh- back on the track here. Shane, don't get us going again about this documentary. Yeah, we please. Twenty minutes. <laughs> and Nick doesn't know what the hell we're talking about, so uh, it doesn't help him out at all. But you know what? We're going to take a quick break here. And on the other side, what we did was we put on the Doug Wilson mask. We actually bought a full-scale mask, put it on, <laughs> and uh, played armchair GM. And, uh, you know, just played around with the San Jose Sharks roster, made some moves that we think would be suitable for the San Jose Sharks going into next season. Uh, But you know what? We'll get into that after the break. Uh, We got a great sponsor this week. Uh, Mm -hmm. We really do. We want to thank our sponsors as always. We'll talk to you after the break. Jones barbecue and foot massage. Jones barbecue and foot massage. Better come down here, get some of this shit. You like to eat. America loves to eat. 
So why not open up somewhere America can sit down, enjoy a meal, and get their feet rubbed? We'll fry anything you want for $5.99. As long as it's friable or edible, we're going to make it deliciousable. We will fry parts of the chicken you didn't even know was friable. The beak, the feathers, we'll fry candy bars. All that European stuff that you don't really normally eat, we'll bring it down here and fry it for you. Ask McDonald's to fry something other than what they normally fry. Guess what you're going to get? Nothing. If it fit through the dough, I'll put it in the fryer. Hell, this is a dinosaur. All our meats are gently tenderized to their optimum deliciousness. We got fine dinosaur meats. Took my money, paid me pay child support. Come on down here and get you a slice. Once they get your social security number, it's over. Motivated, 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 motivated. So friends, let's just decide you don't want no barbecue. Well, that's fine too. Why not let one of my foot specialists or myself perform our magic? Look at that, don't they look wonderful? If you really pay me enough, we'll massage your feet in any of these sauces also. Success is the rule down here at Jones. Good ass barbecue and foot massage. So go ahead and give me a call or find us on the worldwide internets at the new website. That's J-O-N-E-S big ass truck rental and storage.com backslash Jones. Good ass barbecue and foot massage dot H-T-M-L. Excuse me, did you call number 52? Did you hear me call number 52? There you go, Jones Barbecue and Foot Massage. And it's actually, you big know what? A big shout out. It's great that we have producer Pigeon in the studio here because he's actually worked for Jones as one of the feet specialists, uh, given the barbecue foot rubs. He should just, or, or producer Pigeon, sorry, called by your real name there. Uh, <laughs> tell me about the experience at Jones Barbecue and Foot Massage. Man, I have to tell you, I've never worked in a place where the, the foot cream also substitutes for a barbecue sauce. No, you have it the other way around. The barbecue sauce substitutes for a foot yeah, cream. Yeah. Sometimes they slide another 20 at me and they go, can you suck that right off my toe? And I tell them, nope. <laughs> nope. <laughs> and that's why I don't work there anymore, ladies and gentlemen. Okay. Well, so. Uh, can I leave now? Can I suck <clears throat> the barbecue sauce right off some toes? Uh, let's uh, kick him out of this because that's just too much. Um, all right. Like I said, we, uh, we built our own San Jose Sharks team. Nick, uh, you know what? I'm going to start with you. Uh, let's... Oh, no. Oh, no. Oh, yeah. <laughs> I don't think we want to start with me because I got a little like. Well, okay, away. You know no, what? I didn't get too crazy. We'll start with me. We'll go okay. mild. I'm, I'm mild yeah, sauce. Mild. I'm okay. Mine is not mild. No. I got in a hole. I got in a hole and I was just trading away. Producer <laughs> T started a fire sale. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> All right, Nick. Let's, uh, let's hear a little bit about your team. Okay. So my, my team is titled. Bobby Ryan and right wing. Um, I, I made a couple of trades. Do you guys want me to go in order of, I mean, we are we doing the, what exactly are we doing here? Let's see. Well, let's just hear what trades you made, what signings you made. Um, gotcha. And then just a quick rundown of the roster, maybe the top six and the top four defensemen. A gotcha. Okay. Makes sense. Um, I traded Marcus Sorensen for a fifth round pick from to literally any team that's willing to take him. In his $1.5 million cap hit, he, he had a, a little bit of a point drop from, I think it was 30 to 18 points this year. Now, again, we all know that the Sharks had like a bit of a, a downturn with their point production all across the board. But I feel like I had to make this move to allow other players to come in. So don't chastise me yet. Um, obviously, bringing Jumbo and Patty back on one year vet minimum deals if possible. Um, the the two big signings that I made in free agency were Bobby Ryan and Evgeny Dadnov, a.k.a. the dad. So Bobby Ryan, I've always been a big fan of his game, especially when he was torching us in the early 2010s as, well, I guess the late 2000s uh, when he was a duck and then on to Ottawa. Um, him coming out, talking about his substance abuse issues, I feel like he's he can land on any cup, cal you know, cup contending team for a, a relatively low cap hit because his contract got bought out. Like, he's good to go. Uh, so I got him at two years with a $1.25 million cap hit, as well as Evgeny Dadnov coming in at three years, $5.5 million. I didn't do any contracts over three years because I figured Doug would talk to his head coach and would want players tied to that level of tenure. We're, we're talking about adding on good surrounding pieces to the core that we already have. So I uh, I signed Dadnov to a $5.5 million contract. Now, whether or not we can get him to sign for 5.5 is beyond me. Being 31 years old, he's probably looking for that 
one good payday. I don't think he's looking for a bridge, but if, if we were able to get him for five and a half mil to put him on our, our, as our first right winger, I would, I would love it. I, I'd take that any day, honestly. Any, any day of the week, honestly. And I feel like we have the Russian connections with Nabokov now. Like, we got to start going after the Russian players now. Like, maybe we can actually start getting some and good hey, wingers. You know his name is Evgeny as well. So there you go. Exactly. And <laughs> I, I mainly picked him because he, he's, he's called the dad. And being a dad myself, I was like, there's no way I'm letting this guy slide. Uh, <laughs> the, That's a, that is a great reason. <laughs> I signed Kevin LeBanc back. Um, the hockey code has his his is an estimated cap at around 3.6 mil. I got him in at the three-year, $3 million cap hit as far as the number goes. And the reason why is because... He's got a couple of advanced stats that don't appeal to the uh, to the Sharks. And I mean, all of us Sharks fans, we know we've seen the eye test during any of his games. There are times where LeBanc just makes some really bad decisions. And I feel like knowing the system and knowing his weaknesses, Doug Wilson has a bit of an advantage moving forward with LeBanc as far as bridge deal for $3 million a year. And then if he becomes the guy that he wants to be, he could get a long-term deal, whether it's from the Sharks or from another guy, or it hits arbitration and just becomes a whole problem. But my big splash, and I call this the big splash, and I, I, I kind of, oh yeah, just, I'm not going to hit the mic. It's going to be bad for headphone users. <laughs> oh, producer Pigeon's um, Darcy Kemper traded oh. away first round pick that we got from Tampa Bay the the worst it could be is 31st overall the best is 30th so we know around what value it is and the second round pick 2020 second round pick that we got from Colorado uh traded away for Darcy Kemper so yes i was able to fit all of these guys within the 81 and a half million dollar salary cap um that as far as the lineup goes right now i kept everything relatively neutral uh, Kaner, Cooch, and then the dad as our first line. Timo, Tomas, Hurdle, and Kevin LeBanc as the second line. Uh, Jumbo, Patty, and uh, Bobby Ryan on the third. And then calling up the young guys, I got Joachim Blickfield. I got Dylan Gambrell and Alexander True uh, as far as the fourth line goes with uh, the possible in and out because you know how much Doug Wilson moves players up and down as far as the center position goes. Frederick Handmark a recent acquisition. I believe he was out of the Swedish league and he was signed to a one-year contract. There's no way he doesn't get into the NHL to see how he can perform as a, as a fourth liner. As far as defense goes, since there have, since I didn't trade anybody out and, and I have good justification for why I could not trade anybody out. Vlasic and Carlson is the first D pair. Uh, Shimek, AKA the Woody Tamer or the Wookie Tamer with Brent Burns and then Mario Ferraro and Nick DeSimon. Excuse me if I pronounce if I pronounce his name incorrectly. Uh, and we have obviously Darcy Kemper and Martin Jones, the one A and the one B as our uh, two goaltenders. And all this fits within the eighty-one and a half million dollar cap hit, as well as uh, keeping the majority of our picks minus the two I traded away, obviously, for Darcy Kemper. And to touch on to why I could not move Brent Burns, or why I couldn't trade away Kevin LeBanc, I couldn't move Burns and I couldn't move Vlasic because of Mark Stahl. That's literally the reason why I cannot move that man. That was Mark Stahl had a, yeah, it was, it was insane. It came out of left field and it handicapped any possibility of the sharks packaging up a heavy contract and shipping it out to like maybe Montreal or maybe Dallas. Mark, uh, Mark Stahl was traded from New York with a $5.75 million cap, I believe with a second round pick to Detroit. So, for future consideration. For future, cons- literally nothing in return. Yeah. Legitimately nothing in return. Like, please just like, take we'll the contract. Buy a new washer and dryer once there's breaks in the fucking locker room. Yeah. <laughs> It'll be a Maytag. No worries, though. You're good to go on that. <laughs> there you go. Um, warranty, baby. Yeah, there we go. It's it's phenomenal. <laughs> but yeah, you can't move guys like Burns and Vlasic, $8 million cap hit, $7 million cap hit, respectively. You can't move those guys if you don't have high draft capital go with them. You just can't do it. So... My only concern with my roster, of course, would be how we're going to protect both Martin Jones and Darcy Kemper. Um, but I, I feel like it allows Doug Wilson to make a couple of big splashes here and there and to also allow the guys around him or, or the core of players to have good pieces around them. If you have someone like Jumbo feed him Bobby Ryan passes, he could he could be a 70 point guy. Of course, I'm like shooting through the roof, but. I mean, he, he could be that type of guy. You you pair him with the third line winger that could be a little bit gritty. Yes, Marlowe isn't gritty, 
But again, this is just a bare bones idea here. I, I really feel like a Bobby Ryan acquisition and an Evgeny Dadnov acquisition for the Sharks could really put them back into playoff contention. And and the biggest thing for us and, and Sharks fan base, I, I want to say worldwide, is goaltending. And, and you address that as well with the Darcy Kemper acquisition. And just as a note, I was left with literally $7,000 of cap space. So I squeezed all these guys <laughs> in there to the $7,500. Now, if it's possible, you know I'm what? down for it. That, that'll that buy you like a good used Hyundai accent. <laughs> so there you go. <laughs> Easily, easily a good used Hyundai accent. You know what? I, I like this team. I, I think this is a pretty yeah. good squad. Like you said, we need to shore up the right side. And you did that with uh, Dadanov and Bobby Ryan. I, I like the Bobby Ryan uh, signing. The only issue with this team that I see, that third line could either be amazing or it could be an absolute disaster in my opinion. It's it's the cheapest third line in hockey. I'm almost guaranteed it's the cheapest third line. But it's also a very slow third line. <laughs> I think as the game's going on, I think guys like I, I hate to say it, but I think Joe Thornton's going to get exposed more because he just doesn't have that foot speed anymore. And, and no, he doesn't have the wheels. And I feel like that again. It's all the the pieces are are very easily moved around. If you want to pair uh, a much faster winger per se on that third line to like move Patrick Marlowe down. I feel like it's not a bad idea. Or if you want to move Jumbo down to a fourth line center and maybe give Dylan Gambrell that, that call up to third line, it, it wouldn't be a terrible idea. It, and Gambrell has been known to be the DD's discounts version of uh, Pavelski. So if, if you get a guy who's out there doing, Oh, well, that, I, that might be a California joke. DD's discounts is a, like a really discounted clothing store. Oh, so yeah. he's a discounted version of Joe Pavelski. So, you get him down there doing the hard work, feeding some passes to Bobby Ryan. I feel like he can definitely do the job. And um, just as a as a bit of a side note, I want to reference back to uh, Shang Peng did an article on San Jose Hockey. Now he actually set up his own website to do, to cover San Jose Hockey exclusively. And he does um, great work. I love that. Guy. Oh, he's he does phenomenal work. I, I definitely recommend going and checking out the website. He's got some free articles, and if you want to get the full gist of his uh, his articles, it's it's a pretty cheap membership. I believe it's only thirty dollars for an entire year of of quality hockey journalism. That's producer T money. Yeah. That- <laughs> That that's good money right there. He did a he did a player comp between Bobby Ryan. He was in, he was interviewing a scout, and one of the scouts for the Sharks compared Bobby Ryan to Tyler Toffoli, who's going to be a big UFA this year. Um, he talking about watching Toffoli for years, and it feels like you you don't go out and get a player like Toffoli because quote he was late everywhere. Nobody could get him the puck. Can't get him himself. Uh, all the reports are pretty much the same. Be careful on this guy. And if you look at the projected cap, acquis- like the, how much it's going to cost to get a player like Toffoli, as opposed to how much it could cost to get a player like Bobby Ryan, if you're looking at guys who are six one way, half a dozen the other, why would you not go for the cheaper alternative and be able to pick up a better right winger in Dadanov or someone like Jesper Fast or even a- another center like Galchenyuk? There's just so many options out there for the Sharks to choose. I feel like Bobby Ryan is just a really good acquisition for them at this point. And, you know, with Bobby Ryan, you're not going to have to dish out four or five years. With a Tyler Toffoli, you are yeah. going to have to dish out four or five years because he wants that big ticket. Um, Sh- Shane Van Dyke comes in and says, accents are legit. Shane, are you selling your accent for under 7,500 bucks? That's all <laughs> left in the cap room, bud. Thanks for tuning in, though, Shane. We love That'd be you. wonderful. Thanks again, Shane. I appreciate it. <laughs> <laughs> All right, Producer T, do you want to go to your roster, or should we run uh, down mine first? We can do mine quickly if you want. All right. The most, uh, I think mine's probably the most unrealistic, I'll be honest. My trades <laughs> my trades probably wouldn't. He was working be... hard right before yeah, we hit record just, on the stream. Well, I didn't so. know. Put, put a lot, of, put a lot it, of thought right? into this one there, bud. <laughs> Only two weeks' notice. Anyways, go ahead. <laughs> Uh, so I, I, I got rid of Martin Jones. Um, I retained some of the salary, and I got um, coupled it with that 2021 first-round pick. Uh, um, took him to Carolina for uh, Tuevo Cheravainen. And then... Uh, <laughs> You're going to get roasted. And then uh, Jameson Reese for prospects. I, I don't know. I, I, I think that we needed to shore up that right wing. You know, again, well, we, well, we did, but I just don't think Carolina says yes. But anyways, Well, no, anyways. I, I know. I know. I just retained <laughs> a, a lot of... Martin Jones, Sally, maybe throw enough. in a, a Jones foot rub. In there. Maybe, maybe <laughs> yeah, the, the barbecue gym. foot rub at yeah, least you, once you, a month. Use the honey Dijon. <laughs> I also signed uh, Tyler Toffoli for the on the right wing there. 
which now looks like a pigeon move that uh Nick just destroyed it. It is what it is. Um, (laughs) This is just speculation. It's all comps. You know, nothing, none of this is real life. (laughs) I asked, I traded um, Vlasic as well for uh, Barkov and uh, Noah Gregor just to get get a center pick. Jesus Christ. He's. Producer T is just ripping the tokes before coming on. <laughs> uh, I know. Well, I, I signed. Uh... <laughs> Jesus, what are you doing okay, to the team? Okay, so, Producer T, this is what this is why you prepare. This I is know. why you well, don't. I, I had one. This is why it, you don't scramble. This We're gonna change scramble. his Twitter handle to Procrastinator T here <laughs> pretty soon. Producer underscore T on Twitter if you want to join him in trail every week. Well, man, I didn't know Cap Friendly didn't save the fucking team. It is what it is. Yeah, okay, folks. <laughs> just to put this in perspective, he did have another roster, and it wasn't. Published. It wasn't. I don't know yet. Like, well, publish it to save but it. So. It wasn't this ridiculous. No, <laughs> it wasn't. And that's not a shot at your current team, but it might. Be. Oh, it is definitely a shot. I also signed Tanev. Okay, Chris as Tanev. well to to shore up the D end. Um, I signed back Aaron Dell and okay. uh, signed Robin Leonard as my other goaltender. Ooh. Just to kind of compete with each other, I thought that w- would be without having to spend so much and still get rid of uh, Jones, you know. So, so yeah, how much? Uh, how much AAV you got down there for Mister Leonard? Five point five. Ooh, I yeah. like it. So that's my okay. crap shot of a team, boys. <laughs> well, uh, yeah, yeah. <laughs> well researched, definitely. <laughs> Put a lot of thought into this, um, <laughs> but you know. The Tyler Toffoli signing, I actually did that with my team too. So I, I can see why you did that. Nick, I mean, I kind of agree with your points. Now looking at my roster after making that move, I'm kind of thinking about it again. Um, but, you know, I think the consistent theme here is we need, you know, better right wingers on yeah, this team. A sure. right winger at all. Literally a right winger. I just I just don't think we get those deals no, done. No, of course not. Um, yeah, I'll run down mine quickly. So I, I actually made a big trade here. Made, made a big splash uh in the offseason i traded logan couture martin jones retaining i think uh i think it was 1 million of his salary it might have been 1.5 but retaining some of martin jones salary and sending our first round pick this year which is tampa's to the buffalo sabers uh for sam reinhardt which i re-signed him because he is an rfa so i re-signed him at 5.5 per season uh for five years we get henry yoki haru who's a really good young defenseman and we get goaltender Carter Hutton. So we give up some value with, you know, Logan Couture for Sam Reinhardt. Logan Couture is a better player, not by a whole lot. I think he is a better player, but we get rid of that Martin Jones contract, which I think is the biggest piece in all this, only retaining $1 million. Carter Hutton, he can step in and probably play, you know, 30 to 40 games for this team. Um, and, you know, Sam Reinhardt, he's a young, young center. So I think we can use him uh, moving into the future, even if he's not our number one center, even if he's a number two, I think he's a good piece to have. I also signed Tyler Toffoli, $5.5 million for four seasons. Like we talked about before on the show, we need a better right winger. We need someone on that right-hand side. I also signed Derek Grant for $3 million for two seasons. I feel like adding an older guy like this, we need some leadership in the room. And Derek Grant's a guy who really grinded through playing in the minors and has only really made an impact in the league recently for an older guy. And I think, you know, just bringing in that work ethic for the San Jose Sharks, bringing in that, you know, just bringing that experience into the team, I think will do this team a a lot of good. I also signed uh, Matthias Yanmark for a left wing uh, on the third line, you know, he could probably put up 30 to 40 points for us. It's only a $2 million deal. I think he's kind of a plug and play uh, kind of player and also re-signed Kevin LeBanc, $3 million for two seasons. I don't know how long Kevin LeBanc is going to want to sign for, especially after the last contract he signed, you know, the $1 million for one season. Like, I I don't know who has the power in these negotiations. Is it Doug Wilson or is it Kevin LeBanc? Because Kevin LeBanc could say, you know what? I gave you that really good deal last season. We kind of had a, sort of a gentleman's agreement to give me a raise this upcoming year. Um, and he might not be happy with $3 million. You know, so. The way the way I see it is either way, Doug Wilson's going to find a way to come out on top. So you either get Kevin LeBanc at a term and AAV that he prefers, whether it's 3 mil, whether it's 3.25, or 
I mean, he's eligible for arbitration. You trade his rights to another team that's willing to pay him the money that he wants. Um, it it just feels like to me, you can get a pretty high quality return for a player like Kevin LeBanc. I mean, you could get upwards of a of a first round pick to a desperate enough team. So if you're able to pair those those things together where you if you can trade away LeBanc because you just can't agree to a term, you can open up more possibilities for players like Jesper Fast, who's averaged around two point five to three million dollar according to hockey Cody. That's his salary projection. You get him as a UFA and then you get draft capital in return. So I feel like in a sense, in Doug Wilson's mind, he always has the advantage when it comes to negotiations for trades as well as uh, contracts, because he, he always seems to be the guy that he feels like he comes out on top. So one way or another, I feel like either Kevin LeBanc's going to come in at a good deal, or he's going to end up on a team that needs a right winger for a relatively decent price, but they're going to have to give up some good capital in return, in which Doug will then flip for a, a, a probably a winger. So. Yeah, and, and I think at $3 million, you keep him. I think that's that's a pretty good deal. I, I think he just had an offseason last year, like a lot of the San Jose Sharks did. I mean, I think he can come back and be a 50-point guy uh, for this team. One last signing I did, I signed Cam Talbot to a three-year deal, $3 million per. So we got Talbot and uh, Carter Hutton on the back end for us as goaltenders. You know, I, I think that's good enough if they can kind of split the job, you know, one A, one B situation. Each guy gets about 40 games. I think that might be good enough to get us to the next level. Um, so yeah, there's there's my roster. I, I like that second line in a sense because it's so damn gritty. With yeah. Sorensen's the guy that goes down and does all the dirty work. It doesn't matter. He goes down there, he gets his helmet he's, knocked he's off, the beautiful him. hair gets flowing. Right. You have Hurdle who, yes, who's coming off of a knee injury, but look at all the time that he's had to to recover from it. And he's no stranger to it. So it's not going to be a mental thing for him. Yeah. The, the comp was Tyler Toffoli needs a guy who's going to go down there, be gritty and get those fish, those pucks out for him. You have his line mate right there in Marcus Sorensen. So while I, I bad mouth the Tyler Toffoli signing per se, I, I feel like on that line, he has every opportunity to use his skill set to just be a phenomenal impact player for the Sharks. Yeah, I mean, like you said, with a skilled guy like Hurdle, I think he can get it done. If Tyler Toffoli is pushed on your third line, that's when it gets bad, because I don't know if he can produce in a situation like that. And if you're paying him 5.5, well, I mean, we've already got enough big contracts on this team that aren't living up to expectations. Yeah, he won't get the ice time to be able to produce the numbers that that kind of contract warrants. So it'll be interesting, in my opinion. So, uh, producer pigeon, I'm gonna, I'm gonna get you back on uh, on the stream here. Who do you think came out with the best San Jose Sharks moves, uh, roster moves this offseason? Well, shit, man. If producer T can pull it off, then I mean, I kind of like what he's putting down. But I, I don't know, <laughs> man. All of San Jose would be rubbing his feet if he can make those trades. Oh yeah, for sure. Yeah. Um, Nick, I, I liked, I liked, uh, I liked your roster. Um, be nice to the new guy. I like yeah, it. Yeah, yeah. be a little bit of beginner's luck. Nothing away from what Dylan brought, and actually, like I was sitting next to him working when uh, he was going through it. So we, we had some conversations, and then I actually got up and started doing it with the Wild. There, it's a pretty cool exercise that you can do there on Cap Friendly, uh, yeah. playing the armchair GM. But yeah, no, Nick, I think you explained everything perfectly. I think the scoring winger is at a cheap cost. It should be priority over obviously. Not necessarily over goaltending, but in addition to, to goaltending, which is much like the Minnesota Wild, you know, uh, it's something that has to be changed right away. You know yeah, what? I'll, I'll agree with you. I think Nick had the better team. He obviously put more thought into this. Oh than, gosh, uh, guys! And producer T combined. Uh, so, so Nick, we'll we'll give it to you this week. We'll We're not going to talk week. about the first draft. That that I'm just going to keep that under wraps. It was a terrible. Okay, just to give you a, like just a little bit of insight, so I can dog myself a little bit. I may have traded Kevin LeBanc for a fourth rounder. So a rough first draft, but I came around to it because uh, unlike producer T, I didn't, uh, didn't procrastinate on this one. So uh, (laughs) (laughs) no, I appreciate it guys. I I feel like I tried to put what the sharks needed most in my opinion into perspective. And it was, you got no right wing and your goaltenders suck. So let's just address those two. And if the the play gets cleaned up in front of your goaltending, the Sharks have every capability to become a playoff team within two years again. 
I like the Bobby Ryan signing too because yeah, he's not the fa- he was never the fastest player, um, but he could fit into this system based on his skill set and you know in a in a roster that's not necessarily built upon speed. Bobby still got the juice. I'm gonna go on record to say that Bobby's got the juice and he's gonna bring it on whatever team that he's got. And if he's on San Jose and he pots 30 goals, I expect the Jones barbecue foot massage. Okay, I really do. Buddy, so. First plane to San Jose with my uh, barbecue. Sir, sauce what are you doing? There we go. <laughs> I'm meeting Bobby Ryan. <laughs> they gotta be travel size though, because you don't want to get hit with TSA during uh during well, your flyover. And, you know, me and my Persian background too. That's just a recipe for disaster. <laughs> you, you know what we do? Oh no, that's so bad. Get sent right to Bobby Ryan's oh, house. Show up. It's already there. Get get your foot massage on. Um. All right. Thanks. Thanks, producer. No Pitching. problem. Uh, it's great having an in-studio producer. It really is. Not only does it make it feel more legit, sometimes we actually just need this uh, pigeon's opinion. So uh, thank you. It's a pigeon opinion. It's the pigeon opinion. Did All you right. guys see that news really quick that San Jose is redoing their ice? Right. I, I actually, I had that on my outline. I jumped over it. But yeah, I have noticed that. So they're, you know, they're putting in the work. They're getting a new ice surface ready for the San Jose Sharks. They're putting in a new chiller, a new refrigeration unit. They're doing a whole bunch of work. Um, you know, I don't know. Nick, you might have a better idea of this. The the SAP Center's ice, have people complained about it in the past? So the biggest issue right now was, let's see, I think I went to a Blues game last year where LeBanc won in overtime. It was a beautiful two-to-one feed. Um, I think the problem is with the Barracuda playing at the SAP Center on those early morning games, the ice just becomes soft and choppy. Right. And, and it, it's it's a little bit of an older arena per se. So they're trying to get up with the times. You know, they have the ice making plant. I don't know if you guys heard about that one, but uh, they're, they're trying to get a new chiller. They're getting everything in there. There's been a lot of complaints on social media from players. I think specifically it was Winnipeg, but um, there's a lot of complaints from other players about how soft and just how choppy the ice has been over the last couple of years. I figure if they they're doing this to improve play, plus the Barracuda are also getting their own arena, the Solar for America uh, Arena in, in San Jose. So and that's going to be a hell of a project too. That's going to be oh yeah, it, it's going to be a couple of years. I don't know the exact deadline on when it's supposed to be done. I'll get around to that um, and, and talk about that at a later date. Well, yeah. <laughs> so uh, yeah, it, you can't work on anything anymore, especially in the Bay Area. California has probably the most strict restrictions with COVID-19. I should probably be doing this with a mask on right now. I don't want them to catch me, the COVID police. But uh watching the stream right now, Nick. Watch out. Yeah, we got you. <laughs> but um I feel like they did it to improve ice condition uh, conditions and to stay to stay up to par with the, the rest of the league. I'm excited to see how the ice looks. There's been a couple of games where you come in and it's a seven o'clock game or a seven twenty, you know, puck drop and you're looking out there and you're like all that damage was done just from from line drills. That doesn't make any sense. And then you find out the Barracuda decided to lose like five to one in the previous game, and the ice is just choppy. So I feel like it's a good thing moving forward to basically just make better ice, make a better playing surface, make a better game for your guys. Yeah, I agree. And they're they're using their time. I mean, there's no hockey being played right now, so might as well make some improvements uh, to the SAP Center. I think that's only a good thing. Uh, to end off this episode, let's uh, let's peruse over to Twitter quickly. Let's see let's see what the people have to say. Um, you know, we got a few comments and questions. Uh, Producer T, you want to you want to run away with one of these uh, and get started because you haven't talked about five minutes. Yeah, sure. So we uh, one of our uh, first questions is from at Ryan McKinney one nine eight. Big fan of the show. Big fan. Um, he's asked, would a guy like Grace? How did I say that wrong? Grace. Grace be a good fit and goal for the Sharks. Um, he also has a hot take which is my hot take, Johnny Hockey traded to Philly for Voracek. And God's is fair. God's is fair. There you go. <laughs> <laughs> okay, so let's go with the first one. Would a guy like Thomas Grice be a good fit in goal for the Sharks? In short, yes, I do think he'd be a good fit because I don't think he's going to demand too much money. I think he's going to be probably in the 3 to $4 million range, and he probably won't be looking for a lot of term, probably a three-year contract. Similar fit to like Darcy Kemper would be really. Exactly. So, yeah, I think any goaltender kind of in that range would, would be a good fit for the Sharks. Uh, Nick, I don't know. What do you think about that? If I remember correctly, I think Thomas Grice was actually a Shark at one time. He was. Yeah, it was. looks like uh, from 2007 to 2013, he was actually a San Jose Shark. Um, 
and he just never really got his shot as a starter with the Sharks. So he, yeah, he, back in it, it was yeah, I think that was around when the Sharks were winning the President's Trophy. So there was no way they were going to give it to like a, an up and comer like Grice. He wasn't going to get a whole lot of ice time. Yeah, I feel like with the right price, he could definitely come in and, and be a, a contributor to the team easily at one B, depending on the situation with offseason acquisitions. It's an idea to float out there. Uh, you know, you have rapport with the guy before. The Sharks have never been the type of organization to go after previous players, unless it's like Patrick Marlowe or it, it, that's pretty much it. I mean, I'm maybe missing a couple of few or a couple of guys here or there. Um, but I, yeah, I do feel like Thomas Grice could easily fit in this system and can contribute as a 1B but behind whoever the starting goaltender is. And uh, Ryan, as far as your Philly trade, that, that is just not going to happen. Yeah, that's, that's, yeah, that's, yeah, that's a bit of a stretch. Yeah, Philly good. loves the ghost bomb. I I have an old, I got a friend of mine who loves ghost despair. So there's no way they're letting Shane go. Sorry. Yeah, no, I mean, and Voracek is also just, just a great player as well. Yeah. Um, Mace at Mason JM seven, seven, seven. He says, if Kevin LeBanks contract were to be traded, what would you want in return? Uh, so I think the San Jose Sharks would probably be looking at a prospect that's ready to jump into the, into the roster and make an impact or a fairly high draft pick. This I, I'm talking about probably a second round pick, maybe a first round pick if it's you know between the 25 to 31 range. Uh, what do you guys think? Yeah, I have the same the same exact answer. I guess if I don't want to completely repeat what you said, it's definitely not going to be a four fourth round pick. I can tell you that much. So uh, yeah, no, if they're going to trade away Kevin's RFA rights, it's going to go to a team that can take him on at that the contract that he wants. And like you said before, they're either going to want an impact player at a low price that can instantly slot into the lineup or draft capital to be able to move around within the draft. Um, if the Sharks were to acquire something between the 20 and 25 range for a player like Kevin LeBanc, I think Doug could be risky enough. If Doug Wilson Jr. and the rest of the scouting team feels like a good enough prospect is available, they might trade up with those two first round picks they have and get a phenomenal prospect around 15 or 14. So, um, yeah, I feel like it would have to be something along those lines. I, I'm still hoping we pick that goalie, uh, Askarov, but he's he's projected to go fairly high in the draft, but I still think he would be be a good option for uh, the San Jose Sharks. Let's move on to uh, good old Jeff Bakun. Let's move on to Jeff. Uh, he says, how many new players get into the Sharks roster next season, four or five? Who will they get in free agency? Dadanov, Fast, Ryan? I mean, Nick, you already hit on two of those, yeah. so you're, you're on the money there. He also says, hot take, John Leonard scores 20 goals this year. That is a hot take, oh. but I don't, I, I don't know about that one. Um, but as far yeah. as new players on this roster, I think Doug Wilson's going to make some trades this offseason. He has, he has to shake things up. So I'm going to say, yeah, probably four or five new players are going to be on this Sharks roster. Yeah, I, I wouldn't. Sorry, go ahead, T. No, I was just going to say I agree. I think there's going to be definitely a handful of moves. Um, I mean, five seems, I, I don't know. It, five seems realistic, it, though. I guess so. It just feels like a big overhaul. And it, whether there's the market out there for the right players to bring in five, that's going to make the difference. And whether there's five pieces that we can kind of move and fit another. I don't know. It's, I, oh, I, we just, this, I don't think we have maybe the cap space uh, that we think we do for bringing in five new players. You this, know? this makes me so happy. So Jeff Vacoon comments, last name pronunciation is on point. Thank you. No, thank you, Jeff, because I've been concerned about this for months. I didn't know if I was saying your name right. I was almost going to DM him today and say, real quick, how do I pronounce your last name? It's so scary. I don't like messing it up because yeah. the amount of times I was called Nick Flower as a child, I just can't get, can't get it out of my head. Uh, but yeah, Je Jeff, thank you for uh, commenting on Twitter. He gets at us every single week. Yeah. They're always good questions. So oh, yeah, Jeff and I have had some great exchanges on Twitter over this last week. And I, I feel like I kind of showed my hand a little bit, which is why he hit on the, the dad and fast and Ryan, because he knows essentially where my heart lies, especially with a player like Bobby Ryan. Um, as far as his question goes, I think five is the ceiling. And that's a lot of movement for, for Doug Wilson, as far as five new players, completely new players in the system. Well, I would... are we going to include goaltenders in that? Because I think, you know, getting a new goaltender is a given. So there's one already. So now you're only talking about four players w throughout the roster, which I think is reasonable. Yeah, especially if you include defense as well. Like, So if you have, what, one goaltender, one defenseman, 
and three forwards. I guess five is pretty reasonable as far as changes go. Yeah, no, I'd say so as well. I wasn't thinking goalie when I was thinking five for some reason. I don't, you know. Well, it just kind of came yeah. to me. Uh, Jeff Facoon says, absolutely. Thank you to replying on the threads. Much appreciated. Jeff, we appreciate you uh, being a fan of the show. Shane Van Ice is also jumping in saying, people used to call me Van Nice. Van Nice. It's actually I'm Van so Nice. I'm so sorry, Shane. Producer Pigeon by the way, hey. by the way, everybody, Shane changed, Shane changed his Twitter handle. We need like a breaking what? news. You know, I, I didn't get it up here. A breaking news clip. Shane changed his Twitter handle. What is um, it? Give me a sec. I, I, I... <laughs> Stick hungry fan number one. No, because it was uh, Van Nice Shane, the nicest of Shanes. And look, I like. I'm Which not... was a classic. I mean, I, I, I honestly don't know. I'm trying to look up Shane Van Nice. Doesn't even come up. Shane, what the hell is your new Twitter handle? Shane, get at us, bud. He'll, he'll get at us. Just, I just wanted to let the people oh, know. No. We, we thank you for that. I mean, I wish I had the breaking news uh, <laughs> clip ready to go for that. Uh, but Shane, get at us quick. We're going to end this stream pretty damn quickly. Um, you got about 30 seconds, bud. <laughs> <laughs> Come on, Shane. Get it in there. <laughs> uh, but thanks, everybody. Let's go, Shane. <laughs> uh, oh, here we go. Here we go. He says, your boy, SV. SV. Your boy, Shane Van Dyce. His swag levels just went up. So I'll, I'll go with that. That's It's acceptable. Would you would yeah. you say, Producer T, acceptable? Uh, yeah, I guess so. A out of a 10, what would you give it? Honestly, a solid, like, four. I don't think it's that A four good. out of yeah, 10? I preferred, I preferred his old one. Shane is pet. I'll give him a five out of seven on that. I don't yeah, go to 10. It's a five out of seven. Yeah, I'm going to give him an eight out of 12. Eight, eight out, of 12. out of 12. There we go. <laughs> At your boy, SV. I love yeah. it. Thanks again, Shane. We really appreciate the support. No, we do appreciate it, Shane. Shane has won so much stuff uh, from like myself and, and Isha, aka producer Pigeon, you know, from back in the stick and rink days. The, the guy's just a beauty. I, I, I don't think he's missed a single one of our shows, has he? I, I, I don't think he has. I mean, I would be completely thrown off if, if he missed a single show. Uh, but thanks, everybody that commented on the live stream, that commented on our Twitter post. Nick, it was awesome having you here for uh, your first official episode. Of the Stick Hungry podcast, how do you feel? Do you feel like a changed man now? Yeah, I I feel like I'm I'm happy to be here. I'm happy to officially be a part of the entire team. So you guys don't don't hear me once, maybe a month. Um, I'm hoping I can throw in some, some local local stuff for you guys. And and just as a, a bit of a teaser, what what's coming up soon for us? Um, I'm gonna be heading a new segment for you guys. Previ uh, prior to the season actually starting, what I'm gonna be doing is a uh, uh, the, the the podcast or essentially the stick hungry prospect of the week i'm going to go over one of our prospects that we have nick i'm gonna, I'm gonna have to stop you for a second and uh you can continue after this let's get it on get it on the floor 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 the best segment intro in all of podcasting i just wanted to put that out there right now well, for those I'm listening on, on monday and later for those that listen in i'm sorry you can't see the infographic give us a follow and i'll show you this this beautiful infographic that dylan worked up it's absolutely gorgeous um <laughs> but anyways can you continue next sorry, sorry to interrupt you there I just no worries <laughs> no 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 i love it i love it I'm going to be doing a stick hungry prospect of the week. I'm going to be highlighting some of the younger players, players in the Barracuda and even some draftees. Um, like Jeff Facoon said, John Leonard, I'm going to be talking about a lot of the younger guys in the organization and what we can look forward to is sharks fans. Instead of hyper-focusing so much on just San Jose, the sharks, we're going to expand it a little bit more and include some of the younger guys. So that's something that you guys can really look forward to. And then throughout the season, we're going to be doing a studs and duds episode, essentially, where I give you my three stars and my one dud of the week for the San Jose Sharks. So feel free to uh, stay tuned and look forward to that in the upcoming episodes. Super pumped for that. And, you know, we were actually talking before the stream. I think it was before the stream. But we were saying, you know, if the San Jose Sharks play like they did last season, we might have to flip that around. We might have to have three duds and just one star. Yeah, uh, let's hope not. <laughs> let's hope we don't do that but yeah i would really like to have a problem selecting my stars and have a problem selecting my dud rather than the other way around true true uh but yeah i think the fans are gonna love uh these segments coming up 
I think everybody's pumped that you're on the podcast now. I know we are. Hopefully, we can get Kyle on next week. I think he he's doing some sort of road trip or something yeah, this week. Producer T going to Reno, I think. Going oh, going to Reno. That's uh, good things <laughs> don't happen in Reno. <laughs> I'll tell you that it's not as bad as Vegas, but good lord, it is still bad. <laughs> I haven't been to either. I I, sh- I should probably go down sometime. I I, I mean Zach Croft is going to leave as soon as I say this, but I do want to go to Vegas at some point. Yeah, he's uh, like, I'm yeah. done. <laughs> yeah uh but you know what boys i don't know if you guys have anything else you want to talk about uh but i think this is probably a good time to wrap up the show yep what do you guys so. think i would say so as well sir all right nick uh let's start off with uh your twitter handle to, to be changed maybe in the future but let's yeah uh, let's see current twitter. current twitter handle at nick floor underscore there you go that that is the follow of the day uh you can follow myself at dyl underscore thpn you can follow the show at Stick Hungry Pod. You can follow the network, the Hockey Podcast Network, at Hockey Pod Net. And producer T, where can the fans find you on Twitter? They can find me at producer underscore T E E. Thanks for joining us, Nick. Hey, thanks again, guys. It's, I'm I'm happy to be here. I'm happy to finally be a regular contributor to this lovely podcast. Oh, we're we're pumped. Uh, I, one one last comment actually before ending off the show. Shane Van Eye says, "I drove through Nevada once. They have slot machines in their grocery stores." Correct. I'm packing up the car right now. I'm coming down. Um, All right, everybody. (laughs) Thanks for joining us on this episode of the Stick Hungry Podcast. We will catch you next week.